Grace and peace. God bless you. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host, Dr. Delisa. I have something to share with you all today that if I can just be honest, it is taking a tremendous amount of humility um, and transparency and vulnerability to share this with you because it is an area that the Lord had just recently revealed to me that I had conflict in. Let me give you scripture. This is found in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 10. And the Bible says, The heart knows his own bitterness, and a stranger doeth not intermeddle with his joy. Let me give you another translation for those of you who are not King James savvy as such. Um, the NLT, the New Living Translation says, Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can fully share its joy. So let me just first of all kind of give you a little foundation around what that means. Is that when a person is bitter, only they know what has caused the bitterness. Only they know the depths of that bitterness. How far, how deep, how wide, the breadth, the width, the dimensions of that bitterness that resides within their own soul. Only they know it. And I'll even venture a little bit further to say this, that to the degree that they think they know, God knows even beyond that. You know, because a lot of times when we self-diagnose, you know, we're not going to put the totality of the matter out there. We're going to, oh, it's not that bad. Or I'm dealing with a little bit of this or a little bit of that. But only God knows the totality of the thing. But In terms of a person who is embittered, the Bible says no one can share its joy or a stranger cannot uh, uh, share that joy is because no one can understand why you're bitter, how bitter you are, and the effects that the bitterness is having or has had in you. No one understands that. No one can, 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 can tap into that realm or that dimension of your life and 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 no matter how they try in in some cases to encourage you or uplift you or motivate you or inspire you or whatever they're doing to try to lift you up out of that place only you through the power of God and the agency of the Holy Spirit can can break free from that so bitterness is not something somebody can help you talk you out of or uh you know encourage you out of you know Bitterness is not having a bad day. Bitterness has roots. The Bible talks about that, right? And so when someone is embittered, many times that bitterness will will embed itself and lodge itself so deep within the core of that person's soul, emotions, personality, character, what have you, to where it will take the power of God to deliver. But it first comes with uh, the acknowledgement that, Lord, I'm bitter. I have allowed this situation to embitter me. And and so in order to have that conversation with God, you first have to identify why you're bitter in the first place. What has happened? What has triggered that bitterness? What has planted that seed of bitterness? And you would be amazed because, listen, when I tell you the Holy Spirit reveals something to me, I, I, I felt like I just I just I can't even explain it. I was so shocked. I was so shocked because in my, my words, my words were 
Wow, God, I didn't know. And and it wasn't, listen, I wasn't saying, oh, Lord, show me the bitter places in my heart. Show me. I, that wasn't my prayer. I'm just going along doing my daily thing. And the Holy Spirit said, you know that you've got bitterness in that area. And I'm like, hmm? And when he, and so I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm listening. Like you, you've got me, you've got my attention. <laughs> I'm listening. And when he revealed to me the cause of the bitterness and the effects of the bitterness, my friends, I, I was speechless. And it was so humbling. Tears, of course, I began to shed tears. And of course, I repented. Lord God, I repented. But let me tell you, and this is going to help some of you. In in the book of Numbers, in the in the in the Old Testament, you'll find that there was a leader by the name of Moses. Many of us know him, and Moses had uh, this assignment to Pharaoh's house. He was the son of Pharaoh's sister, the adopted son, or what have you. Lived this life of luxury and everything he wanted was at his disposal. At the appointed time, God decided, and I'm paraphrasing for the sake of time, but God decided to reveal who he really was, his true identity. Well, at that time, you know, that set time had, had, um, was manifesting. And then you would see a lot of events happening, right? And if you're prophetic, I could, I could do a whole series on just that alone. But at any rate, um, so when that moment, that appointed time came, things began to move swiftly in his life, all types of events began to occur. And so it ended with him in the wilderness for 40 years. After the end of the 40 year season, God appeared before him and, and, and pronounced, hear me carefully, pronounced this season of leadership. Um, it was a significant leadership position over millions of people. OK, millions of people. And not only that, it would require him to engage in high level, high combat spiritual warfare with the prince power of Egypt at that time. So I, I'm laying this kind of thick because I want you all to get where I'm going with it and where God uh, where God uh, uh, prompted me and said, daughter, that that's you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So. Moses is called out of this wilderness. Listen, when he finally got comfortable, he's married, he's got kids, he's reestablished or built a family, probably the first real family in his life outside of, you know, his mom is a baby. And, and so he's finally getting comfortable. You know, he's in his he's in his thing and he's 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 prospering and, and so forth. And God says, OK, so now it's not time for you to go to the next level. And so this next level is going to require you to lead on a level you've never led before. And it's going to require you to confront spiritual wickedness in high places. And you're not going to confront it once or twice or thrice, but you're going to confront it 10 times. And then when you're done confronting it 10 times, it's going to be uh, um, sealed by death. Oh, that's that a preach. It's going to be sealed by death. Then I'm going to release you to another level of leadership. Okay. And so when we get to this third level of Moses's leadership, he's in the wilderness again, but he's in the wilderness leading these millions of people. And so we, it brings us to a point in Moses's leadership. And I believe it's found, I think it's, oh gosh, um, numbers chapter 20, where Moses and Aaron were leading the people and God said to speak to the rock. They were thirsty or what have you. And the Lord said, um, you know, speak to the wa speak to the rock. I've commanded the, the rock 
um, to release water. But you got to speak. Many times we don't understand that there are rock situations in our life that are voice activated. God has already spoken to that thing. It looks to you like it's never going to move, is unable to move, doesn't even have the capacity to move. And God is saying, speak to it. And because God has already spoken to that situation. Uh, and, and so, but it's only going to respond to your voice. Okay. So catch that. It's only going to respond to your voice. And so Moses speaks to this is supposed to speak to it. Instead, he strikes it. He doesn't, he doesn't hit the rock once he hits it twice. (laughs) And then he curses the people, you rebels. Now, because of that, and you look, that's in, in Deuteronomy 32, the Lord tells Moses, okay, you're not going to enter into your rest or into your blessed, blessed place because, uh, you misrepresented me. You represented me as being angry when I wasn't angry. That was you. <laughs> and so let me just kind of pull and do a rabbit trail here. Sometimes as a prophet, myself being a prophet, you have to be very guarded with what you say when you're feeling some kind of way. And I hate to use it because I teach my students, don't say some kind of way. Define how you feel. <laughs> but when you are feeling conflicted, okay, uh, as a prophet, as anybody, but particularly as a prophet, because your words have power and your words are anointed to bring change and to plant and uproot and so forth. You have to be very careful when you're feeling conflicted about who you are or what you're called to do or anything else that may be going on in your life. There are times when you uh, would have to exercise silence and you can let people define that however they want to, because it's really irrelevant because that's between you and God. Um, but you have to know that as a prophet, uh, when you're feeling upset or angry or taken advantage of or whatever your negative emotion may be, you still have a responsibility for the words that come out of your mouth. And so with that, Moses was frustrated. He was tired. All these other things that are going on with him. And if you're a leader, you get that there are seasons in your life where you feel overwhelmed. You feel you just feel conflicted. That's the best word I can give you that sums up a lot of different things, but you feel conflicted. It may be a personal con- um, conflict, maybe interpersonal conflict, community conflict, whatever that looks like. But Moses was experiencing a conflict. And instead of him uh, uh, pulling aside and spending time in the presence of God, acknowledging what caused the conflict and so forth, it it embittered him. And it embittered him to the point to where God said, speak. Moses said, God, I know you said speak, but I'm so frustrated. I can't even hear you clearly right now. And so I'm going to take what you say and I'm going to add to that. I'm going to add my flavor. I'm going to add my frustration to it and get this thing done. And so Moses struck the rock twice, cursed the people. Here you go, you rebels. We got to bring you this water. So he's striking the rock. God says, speak. He curses the people. God said, you can't curse who I bless. And then he said, we'll bring a water out the rock. In other words, this is what Moses, uh, Aaron, Aaron and I are going to do. So he takes God's glory. So several things that just were really <laughs> going really bad, really bad for Moses that day. Right. And as a result of that, uh, God said, you can't enter into the promise. So I said all of that to say this. We're still talking about the scripture in Proverbs 14, 10 about the heart knowing its um, own bitterness is that everybody knows the thing that causes them bitterness. Now, you may not know to the, you know, to which degree, because like I said, many times when we self-diagnose, we're not going to give the whole, you know, weight of the matter. Uh, We'll we'll kind of play with a little bit because, you know, sometimes pride or 
whatever, you don't want to confess, okay, this is what I'm really dealing with. You know, we'll just get, we'll cough up, you know, the, the little gossip demon or we'll cough up, um, <laughs> you know, the um, backbiting demon. But those core things, the things, the, the strong men, oh, we'll hold on to those, right? Um, but there were some things that was happening in Moses that he never dealt with. And, I, I, and I'm going to say this because I, I honor Moses as the man of God that he was. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the two olive branches. But what I will, olive six, but what I will say is Moses was thrust into leadership so quick, so strong and so hard that there wasn't sufficient time for him to process. And if anyone knows me, I'm always talking about process. Take your time. Go before God. Spend time with yourself. Cut things off. You know, get yourself together. The process is so important. Um, but there, Moses had to walk away. And this is where I'm going, where God got me. I'm telling that on me. But God got, um, Moses had gotten to the point to where he had, first of all, he lost his mom, right? Sacrificed his mom for the sake of the call. Um, then once he finds that he thinks he has a family in Egypt, he loses that, right? He loses the, even though it's a counter, uh, a pseudo family, but it was family, right? He loses that. He's in the wilderness running for his life, finally finds a woman, uh, uh, has children, finds a family, finds a, a, a good father-in-law. He, he has to leave that. He goes to the wilderness, I mean, excuse me, to Pharaoh, and he's got to confront. So I, I want you to look at all of the things that Moses had to sacrifice for people who he felt, and not all of them, but some of the people who he felt were, um, he said were rebels in, in some other colorful languages I'm sure you can probably use, but he, he felt some kind of way. I'm out here with y'all. I'm having to fight. I'm having to confront. I'm having to, Jethro said, man, you're going to die before your time because you take too much. I, I'm working. I'm ministering. I'm counseling. I'm laboring. I'm doing all of this. And here you keep coming to me complaining. And, and there's nothing wrong with anyone feeling overwhelmed here in my heart. But the issue, the underlying issue with Moses was Moses had harbored bitterness in his heart for all of those experiences that he had gone through. Remember, he came down from the mountain frustrated because Aaron and the other gentlemen turned the gold, converted, melted the gold into a golden calf, and he threw the tablets down. He had to go back up. So you're going to see if you st if you have ever studied Moses's character in Scripture, you're going to see evidence of frustration, of anguish, uh, and and so we it culminates here. Where he said, you rebels, and he's beating the rock because he, it, he, the rock really represented who he really wanted to hit, right? Probably the people, because Moses, he had, a, he had an anger problem. <laughs> so I, I say all of that to say this, and I mean, you, you can, certainly can continue that study in your own time. And if you see yourself in that, then God bless you. You can have that for free. But what I will say is, when the Lord said, daughter, you have harbored bitterness against me. And I, it brought tears to my eyes because I love the Lord with my whole heart. And, I, you know, I, I, there's nothing he can ask me to do that I won't do. But there was still something in me that I held. And I, I'm saying this, I'm still tearing up because I did not know that there were things that I would say along the way, along my ministry life and ministry career life and all that. There were things that I said that was evidence of bitterness. Now, I know some of you are like, wait a minute, the woman of God, the apostle, she's a doctor. I'm human. 
with all of those titles and the letters and all of that, praise God, I am human. And the Lord brought that thing to me. He said, daughter, he said, you, um, you holding bitterness. And then he went on to share some other things. That's between me and Jesus. <laughs> but um, I said, Lord, I said, why would you? Why would you, you know, I'm like, Lord, I, I, just, I said, God, why would you say that? Why, what, where's the bitterness? Because I'm like, get it out. Come out in Jesus name. And he said, how many times have you said, I didn't ask for this. I was fine being an administrator, church administrator for nine years. I was fine being a treasurer. I was fine serving on a board of, of directors. I was fine being an intercessor and a prayer warrior and singing alto in the, in the gospel mass choir. <laughs> I was fine. I've said it. I've said it in my messages. I've said it in conversation. I've said it in my schools as I'm teaching. I have said, I didn't ask for this. And I would say that during times when I felt frustrated or felt conflicted in my ministry or in my leadership or with my people. And I would say, I didn't ask for this. I could have, you know, been in corporate America. I could have had this. You know, when you think about, and I'm talking to leaders now, particularly, you know, or anybody in any authoritative position, there are sacrifices that nobody knows but you and God that you have made to be where you are in him. You've sacrificed. I've sacrificed. Oh, Lord Jesus, I've sacrificed so many things for the sake of the call. There's a song years ago. Somebody made a song for the sake of the call. For the sake of being a, 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 a minister or a leader or whatever your uh, authoritative place is, you know, even as a parent, there are things you sacrificed and you can find yourself embittered. And I'm not saying to the point where Naomi was, call me Myra because, you know, the friendly girl is no longer here. I'm not saying that you're so embittered that you can't serve God, that you can't because Moses certainly served him. Don't let's not get that twisted. God still honors Moses. Jesus Christ honored Moses and his messages. So I'm not saying that, you know, because of that, oh, he was discounted as a man. No, I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying is we're able to work through that and continue to do kingdom service. And it won't affect anybody if we if if, if we don't allow it. However, it can um, impact maybe the degree of fulfillment in the work that we do. We may not feel as fulfilled because I would be further along if I did this, if I would have stayed in school, if I would have kept my job, if I would have stayed in this town, if I would have kept that relationship, whatever that thing was that you, you, whatever your Isaac was, you put on the, on the altar. And many of us, I've gotten many Isaacs that I've laid on the altar for the sake of the call. And you do find yourself feeling like I didn't ask for this. I could do this. I could do that. And that's all of that is true. Moses could have said, you know what? I know that I'm a Hebrew, but I'm not leaving. I've been in Pharaoh's house all my life. I'm second in command of Egypt. I'm not going anywhere. He could have told God no. I don't know how that would have worked for him, but he could have. But what I'm saying is, people of God, is that when God revealed that to me, he said, daughter, he said, you held that against me. And I've, I had to come to a real place in me where I said, Lord, forgive me for being upset with you. Listen, for calling me into ministry. Because you know what? It's one thing to sit back and look at how people are performing in ministry and leading and they, they've got books and they've got videos and they've all over the place. And you're like, wow, they're just so awesome. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But we don't see what 
like I said, how many Isaacs they laid on the altar. They burned on the altar to be in that place where God has them. And and beyond that, we don't know uh the we don't know the price they paid. We don't know what they gave up. We don't know how much more of their life they could have enjoyed without having to, you know, lead people. They could have been leading themselves or you know. So in other words, I'm saying that to say this, that there was a place in me that the Lord and I had to have a conversation on the mountain. And he said, you were angry with me because I called you. When the Lord called me, he called me away from my family. He called me away from a community. He called me away from friends. He called me away from a career that I loved. He called me away from education. He called me away from lots and lots of money. You know, I still have not. I'm still not. I'm still. I don't know how I can put this tactfully, but I lost a lot of money for the sake of the call. And and I'm not the only one. Let me, uh, trust me, I'm not tooting my horn. Oh, she's some great. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is there were things that God had to kill in me the same way God had to kill some things in Moses for him to fully focus on the work at hand. And there are many of you things that you have had to crucify in order to give God a total yes to do that thing that he called you to. And so when the Lord revealed that to me, he said, daughter, times when you hit financial drought seasons and you reflected on money that you had, status that you had, things you had, he said, you became angry at me because I would have had this if I didn't have to do that. I would have been this if I didn't have to do that. And I didn't realize, and some of you are probably having some aha moments yourself. Lord, I didn't know that that was, that was bitterness. That was the sound of bitterness. And I had to repent and I had to ask God to forgive me. And you know what I had to do? I had to say, Lord, I fully accept my call. And some of you may be saying, wait a minute, she's been pastoring, it's been in ministry almost 30 years. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me you hadn't accepted, <laughs> if you hadn't accepted your call by now, there's just, there's just, just don't even worry about it, right? I've been in ministry for almost 30 years leading senior leading ministry for almost 20 years and I finally got to the point and this sounds crazy where I gave God a full yes because there was still a part of me that said God I could have been further I could have had this I could have and and I did not know that that was the sound of bitterness so here I am serving ministering leading and I'm giving it 100% don't get me wrong Whatever I put my hands to, I do it with my whole heart. But in in my in my service, rendering service and in my heart of it toward the Lord, I was working for him, doing for him. But I was still feeling some kind of way because he called me out. And he didn't ask my permission. He didn't say, daughter, do you want to do this? He didn't ask me. Right. And when you think about Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, before your mother knew you, I formed you. I called you. So, you know, and it's 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 a thing. And I laugh because it's amusing. It's not funny. It's just amusing. But 
you think about that. You think about it. And it may not, you may not be pastoring or leading. It may be as a parent or as a supervisor or as a business owner. And all of a sudden you find yourself like, wait a minute, how did I get here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What happened? This is not planned. It's, it happened and I'm here. And you would be amazed at when you really think about how do you really feel about the thing that you're doing? You're doing it. You're doing it with fidelity and you're a good steward over it. But how do you really feel about it? Did you ask for it or was it thrust upon you? So in terms of each heart or each person knowing their own bitterness, that's a real place, you all. And so I would encourage you, as I have had to do myself, Lord, search the areas in me where I'm embittered. Yes, I love you. Yes, I'm totally devoted to you, sold out. But God, if there are hidden things, I was talking about the heart. If there are hidden things in me that is still prohibiting me from giving you a full yes, doesn't matter how well I think I'm performing or conducting or manifesting, it doesn't matter. But God, if if I'm harboring bitterness, if I'm angry with you because you chose me to pastor or to profit or you called me away from my family, you would be amazed if we would just be honest. Because truth be told, even with Jesus and the apostles, they didn't say, hey, hey, choose me. I want to be an apostle. I want to. Nobody asks to do this. You're called. Many are called. (laughs) Few are chosen. And so when you look at that, really look at that. It is a call. God sees something in you and God in his superior, infinite wisdom and who he is as the king, Lord of Lords and father of ancient of days. He says, I put something in you. I want it back. And that's just the way that it works. That's the way that it works. I put that in you. I want it back. I know that you're building a business. I know you're establishing a family. I know you're in the height of your career, but I need you in the kingdom. And yeah, you'll come willingly or maybe kicking and screaming. You'll come and you'll do the work. But have that conversation. Lord, have I really come to grips with what I lost? Have I really come to grips with what I had to forfeit? For what you've called me to do. And this is particularly for those who were called out of lucrative careers or lucrative, you know what I'm saying? Very prosperous seasons of your life. And then God said, hey, come into the woods. And you're like, excuse me? (laughs) Are Are you talking to me? You know, Moses was prospering. He was in a house of prosperity. And God said, hey, uh, your season has shifted. I need you in the woods. Same thing happened with Elijah. Elijah is the prophet. He's got schools of prophets. He's renowned. And then all of a sudden, God says, go down to the brook. And then when you leave there, go to the widow's house. Some of this stuff, I'm saying this and I'm going to let you go. But some of the calls, people of God, that are placed upon our lives may not necessarily be what you want. But as servants, we we are, are called to service. And we're called to a duty and to a work. And that's our reasonable service. And for some of us, we have walked away from some Isaacs. I'm talking about 
some things that really made you feel good in life. And God said, I need you to put that on the altar. I need you to follow me. I need you to pick up your cross. I need you to follow me. And so don't be like me. Don't wait 30 years for God to have a conversation. Um, I, daughter, you've done well and, and you've touched people's lives and you're still doing this. And, you know, you struggle. You've been through a whole lot, but you're faithful. You haven't missed a beat. But you still got issues with me on some things. And it's time for us to talk about it. And let me tell you, that's a real thing. So learn from me and my transparency. Where there are areas in your life that you had to sacrifice for the sake of the call. And again, it may not even be ministry, maybe parenthood. Maybe you're looking at your child. Well, you know what? If I hadn't gotten pregnant, I would have had my college degree. My credit would be good. I would be so far in my career or whatever. Whatever. You know where your, your bitter place is. You know? I'm a stranger. I don't know. I can't even help you with that. You know where your bitter place is. And so I believe as God has unlocked this area of revelation in me, I'm also releasing an impartation for him to unlock that in you as well. Because we want to serve God with our whole, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our heart. Right. We want to do it wholeheartedly. And I'm not saying what you're doing or what I'm doing is not wholehearted. But what I'm saying is sometimes God awaits for a certain season of maturity to take place in your life before he reveals certain things. Because some of us can't handle certain things at certain times. So he'll wait until we have matured or grown or maybe have experienced certain things. And he says, okay, come in now. It's time for us to talk. It's time for you to go to another level. But before you go there, um, let's have a conversation. So I pray that that has been uh, (laughs) revelatory and impactful to you as it was for me. That was uh, Proverbs 14.10, Numbers 20.10, Deuteronomy 32, uh, beginning at 51. Let the word be a blessing to you. You be blessed, stay safe, and we'll come back at the appointed time. God bless you.